Whether you operate one forklift or thousands, one location or hundreds, the new My Toyota customer portal can help you optimize your operation and material handling equipment. This one-stop, free-to-use platform is designed to help you take control of your information and make smarter decisions, all at the touch of a button. Register and access your data today at my.toyotaforklift.com. That's my.toyotaforklift.com. Hello, this is Ryan Yost from Avery Dennison. You're listening to the new Warehouse Podcast. And my safety tip of the day is stay in the zone. So with the number of hours individuals are working in warehouses today, it's extremely important that every individual stays in the zone, making sure they're aware of all their surroundings and staying safe. With e-commerce off the charts, many small and growing warehouses are asking, how can I get ahead when my warehouse is barely keeping up? The answer is future-ready warehouse tech from Zebra Technologies. Warehouses can simplify and upgrade all processes, from automated inventory management to hands-free picking with Zebra's tailored, scalable mobile solutions. They're simple and intuitive. There's never been a better time to upgrade for success with Zebra. How can your warehouse get ahead? The answer's in black and white. Get the answers at zebra.com slash the answer. That's zebra.com slash the answer. Fulfillment demand continues to skyrocket and outpace available labor. To keep up, warehouse operators are turning to flexible fulfillment solutions like Six River Systems. Utilizing Six River Systems' award-winning combination of collaborative robots, artificial intelligence, and operational expertise will make your associates and wall-to-wall fulfillment workflow more efficient. No new infrastructure, no change to warehouse layout, easy to deploy and scale, easy to train and retain associates, all at half the cost of traditional automation. Want to take your fulfillment operation to the next level? Level? Go to www.sixriver.com to learn more. That's www.sixriver.com to learn more. The New Warehouse Podcast, hosted by Kevin Lawton, is your source for insights and ideas from the distribution, transportation, and logistics industry. A new episode every Monday morning brings you the latest from industry experts and thought leaders. And now, here's Kevin. Hey, it's Kevin Lawn with the New Warehouse Podcast, bringing you a new episode today. On today's episode, I am going to be joined by Ryan Yost. He is the Vice President, Identification Solutions Division at Avery Dennison. And he's going to talk to us about what it is that Avery Dennison does. And we're also going to talk a little bit about COVID and what type of shift we've seen in the shipping environment and also dive a little bit into intelligence sortation and the conversation around last mile. So Ryan, welcome to the show. How are you? Thanks. I'm great, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Definitely happy to have you on and, and talk to you. I know that we had tried to do this a little in the beginning of the year and now and now we're got somewhere else. Um, so, so I'm happy we're finally able to connect and, and get this done and get you on here to talk about these things. So, so why don't you tell us a little bit about Avery Dennison first? What, what is that Avery Dennison does? Yeah. So many may know of Avery Dennison thinking it was a, as a label company that our right. core, we are a labeling company. 
maybe I'll start sometimes I joke about what we're not. And most will say, no, I know every dentist and I have, I have young children. And I think I saw their name of the binder or the highlighter. Well, that, that yeah. business was sold about seven, eight years ago. Okay. So Avery Dennison, now what we are today, I think the easiest way I explain it when I'm on a, when I used to uh, be on a plane and someone says, what do you do? I would explain <laughs> Avery in this way is that we put identities on product. So mm. from the largest brands of a bottle of wine or to a pair of jeans or to the Premier League soccer jersey, we're the decorator putting an identity on the product. And the same thing in the logistics space, we're an identity being that's the barcode that's mm. going on the box to help route the product through the supply chain. So we put identities on product for different things to facilitate the movement of the goods to the supply chain or to create brand recognition. I mean, then more recently, that identity has moved to becoming a digital identity. So our vision is every physical product in the world will have a digital twin in the cloud. And we have a platform as we create an identity that goes on the product. We're also creating a, a clone of that that resides in the, in the cloud. So at the end of the day, I just say Avery's an identifications company. Both physical and digital. Um, that identification can be used for multiple things to move product, as I said, or to identify the product. Mm, very interesting, and, and I like that it's it's also going digital as well as you mentioned. So I'm curious though, what was the I guess what was the decision or the the factor in letting go that other division to focus more on these identification solutions? Yeah, I think if you that division that most people saw was in the office products segment. And mm -hmm. it was a core part of Avery Dennison for a long time. But when you started to see the private labeling of that, of the binders, if you yeah. will, the folders, binders, highlighters, that's a point where the Avery brand and the value we create was becoming diminished. Mm -hmm. So it was a better opportunity for us to give that to allow someone else to manage that, that was already in the private labeling business, yeah. selling to the big box stores. And we were sticking to our core, which was really a, an identifications company, less of a consumer brand. So it's a bit of a por portfolio management. Yeah, yeah, interesting because uh, you know I think that the identification side of things has become such a such an important thing and such such a big thing, especially in in our industry, as you mentioned. You know, with the barcoding and things of that nature, is you know you need to need to track things, and that's that's the way to do it. So you know, let's kind of, I guess, shift gears a little bit. And we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, COVID and shipping. And, you know, you just mentioned that when you used to be on an airplane, obviously we used to do <laughs> exactly. that a, a lot more often, right? Hopefully soon though, we'll be, we'll be flying again, right? But with COVID coming into play, what type of shift have we seen in the, in the shipping arena? Sure. Yeah. How, how I like to explain it is I think Prior to COVID, or even coming into COVID, we already started seeing the shift. I think COVID accelerated, but the normal supply chain was from a manufacturer shipping truckloads, but on pallets to a distributor. The distributor would break that down, but still sends individual pallets mm -hmm. to retailers. Retailers then would break that down, put it on the shelf, and then the consumer was the last mile fulfillment arm. The consumer would come in and look at all the goods. They would pick the item they want. They would go buy the item. Then they would be the mode of transportation because they would go to their vehicle and, and drive to their house. So mm -hmm. the traditional model of manufacturer shipping truckloads, DC shipping pallets, pallets get broke down to items at the store. And then all of that last part of the distribution, the consumer fulfilled that need. In today's environment, both manufacturers, but also distributors are now being asked to break pallets down to parcels mm -hmm. and sometimes items. So they are now fulfilling the need of saying, 
they are the consumer going in and saying, I've got an order for this specific ball or this specific t-shirt right. I'm putting it into a parcel. Then I'm arranging last mile fulfillment. So that I think is the significant disruption that's happened over the last 18 to 24 months, accelerated again by COVID mm. of a model, a supply chain built to move truckloads and pallets is now moving parcels at all time record highs. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's, uh, you know, it's interesting there that you mentioned how now we're going into pulling these, these parcel shipments out of, out of like directly out of manufacturing facilities and out of uh, maybe what used to be just kind of replenishment warehouses. And especially as, you know, we look to, I guess, fulfill the, the omni channel needs and be more accessible to, that inventory and have a bigger picture on where inventory is before. Cause there used to be a lot of kind of gaps in that. Like maybe there was inventory in a distribution center, but you go to the store and well, it's not at the store. So you, you can't get it right until it comes back. Yep. So it, it, last mile certainly has, has taken off and obviously it's been, it's been a huge hot topic. Everybody talks about last mile all the time. So tell us a little bit about how, how has last mile evolved in its in its kind of own lane and and why is it such a hot topic why is it such a big deal and everybody's talking about it? i mean we're talking about it here so why, why is everybody talking yeah. about it <laughs> I, I i think the a couple of things i'll play on your last comment well when i used to go to the store i didn't know i didn't mm-hmm. know i i only bought what was there so sometimes right. i didn't know they were even out right so now because of this omni-channel or people buying different ways, you show it to me on the web. Mm. I think Amazon's created a culture. If you show it to me, I assume it must be available. Right. Give it to me. So the analogy I've used is what you're seeing now, what you bought online isn't actually physically available. So it's creating this negative cons- you know, consumer experience or customer experience. So I think that's where I would tie it into last mile is still being discussed because it is the interaction between the final interaction between um, you as a seller and and your buyer. So it's extremely critical to success for every company who's seeking to grow in this space. Mm. And then on the other opposite side, when you look at, I not only want to grow, I want to grow profitably, more than 50% of the cost are still in the last mile. So mm. it's extremely critical for me to grow my business. So I want to put a lot of cost at it, but I'm not getting the full return because it's already the most costly part of my overall operation. So I think that's where the, the biggest dilemma is why there's so much attention to it. I think it's a combination of both. It's the most important factor of me driving growth in my business. And it's also the most impact, important factor of me driving profitability in my business. Um, right. And both of those have challenges because we've talked about the disruption in the supply chain. And I think in addition to that, you had the traditional players um, doing last mile, the UPS, FedExes of DHLs of the world. Then you started seeing the move to Amazon and now Walmart right. and now Kroger saying, hey, I'm going to get into my own. It's so part of the such a big part of the consumer experience. I want to get into my own last mile. And then you have this crowdsourcing of the Instacart, Uber, ShipBob. So I think it's interesting you have these large giants who've built the you know logistics industry with new entrance of the Amazons, Walmarts with very sophisticated models of saying, it's so important to me to make a connection with my consumer and make sure that's a good experience. I want to get into it. And then new age technology companies also trying to solve it. So I think the reason we're talking about, there's a really, really big problem there. And you've yeah. got major industry players coming from all different angles trying to solve that problem. And that, that's why I'm, I think you can see by my voice inflection, I get so excited about this topic <laughs> because it's yet to be solved. It is yet to be right. solved by anyone and everyone knows it's their uh, most important topic in their overall strategy as, as, as we speak today.
We'll be back after a quick break. You hear a lot about supply chains these days, because if the past couple years have taught us anything, it's that an efficient, well-managed supply chain is absolutely critical to keeping businesses successful and consumers happy. I'm Will Haywood, and I host a podcast called All Business, No Boundaries, where we talk about supply chains, how they work, what happens when they don't, and the innovations that are redefining what's possible in the world of logistics. Join me for insightful interviews with thought leaders and industry experts. We discuss how optimizing supply chains can break down the barriers that are holding businesses back. That's All Business, No Boundaries by DHL Supply Chain. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's an interesting point you have there is it's kind of a... It's almost like a, a double-edged sword because it's you need to be utilizing last mile to be growing and basically be able to be resilient within these interesting times that we've been in and be able to adjust your business. But at the same time, like you mentioned, it's it's the most costly way to, to ship things. So it's difficult to stay away from it. You have to get into it really to, to kind of survive nowadays. So, you know, obviously there's a lot going on that's trying to address last mile and make it more cost effective and make it more efficient and things of that nature, which, which is difficult to do because just the just the nature of the way that consumers order things online is sporadic. It's unpredictable most of the time. I mean, you got somebody, and I'm guilty of this too. You know, I order something from Amazon in the morning because I think about it. And then maybe I order something at night too because I thought about it later. Yeah. And obviously, that's, it kind of throws a wrench in the system a little bit because as someone in a distribution center, you know, you would want a shipment from the customer to go together, right? Everything ordered at once, try and get that perfect order. So, you know, what kind of things are, are addressing the last mile situation? I know one of them is, is intelligent sortation, which I think we're going to talk about here. So, you mm-hmm. know, what, what is intelligent sortation first before we dive into how it's yeah. playing a role in last mile? And it's a combination of intelligent, intelligent sortation, but I would call it intelligent supply chain. I think it's all about information being accurate and timely. So as I uh, meet with different uh, executives in the supply chain, I'm like, how would you run your supply chain differently if you had absolute certainty you knew where all your product was at today when the order came in? Would you route products to your customers differently? And they said, of course I would. If I knew with certainty what product I had in my store and what product I had in my um, distribution center and maybe both regional distribution centers and my global distribution centers, would I what I service orders differently. And I think that's what intelligent supply chain is. And then sortation is really taking what intelligent sortation is once you really have that information, now being able to kind of convert that data to useful information saying, okay, I know I got an order from Kevin. Mm. He's based here in New Jersey. The local store has it or the local DC has it, or maybe my wholesale partner has it. My wholesale partner's the closest. So I can optimize last mile fulfillment by routing it from this store to to kevin so i ensure that he gets the product that he wanted on time at the lowest cost so i think it's digitizing that part of the supply chain so i can make better decisions around how i fulfill um, the orders that they come in and, and some of it is also i know in this area if i'm a distribution center i can now use the intelligence sortation because i have all that information it's timely it's accurate I know going into the zip code or going to this neighborhood, I've got these 30 packages. And so instead of having you drive all over the neighborhood, you give them the optimal order on how they're going to deliver it. 
um, and ensure that it was accurately delivered. I think that was the other piece is it's not just delivery. It goes back to the consumer experience around you order in the morning and then you order in the evening, but you're still expecting it all show up tomorrow and you've kind of grown accustomed to that. So if all of a sudden you start to see 50% of your shipments don't show up on time, you change your buying pattern. So there's this really purpose around, hey, we want to accurately fulfill the orders and now we need to do it less expensively. So I think the intelligent piece is just if is really using technology and the one core technology that that we talk to most of our customers about is RFID and RFID enables timely, accurate information, real time, that you have a 99.9% certainty of what you have and where you have it. And now once you have that, how can you better fulfill your, your customer orders? And now a quick break to hear from our sponsor, Supply Chain Mavens. The past year has been full of fascinating and complex supply chain news. From shortages and forecasting challenges, to issues with COVID-19 test components, to the never-before-seen speed to market of the vaccine. In the past year, logistics and supply chain professionals like you have been nothing short of miracle workers. Supply Chain Mavens helps your team to continuously improve by developing tailored training solutions to enhance your team's competencies so they can successfully work across all aspects of supply chain. They offer exam preparation for the coveted APICS, Certified in Logistics, Transportation, and Distribution designation, as well as education and topics across the supply chain. Visit them at supplychainmavens.net slash new warehouse to learn how they can help you advance your team's performance. That's supplychainmavens.net slash new warehouse. Now back to the show. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, like you said, it, it makes more sense because you're at the mercy of the customer almost. We, you know, we just talked about the example where yeah. I'm a terrible consumer and I order two things from the same place at two different times a day. But it, it, you want to look at it and be able to do it as, as smart as you can because that's, that's the only way you're actually going to win and try and save money on the last mile is if being most as efficient as you can be with what you're given essentially in terms of orders. So I'm curious, you know, as you're talking there, I'm thinking about the idea of obviously there's been this push for full inventory visibility throughout your network. And that's not just knowing in one silo what is available mm-hmm. in my distribution network and then in a different silo what's available in my retail stores. It's it's looking at that combined as a whole picture. So I'm curious at, at what point or is there a point that a business say I'm Kevin in in New Jersey, right? So mm-hmm. I order something, the only product that's left is in a retail store in Washington state or California, way on the other side of the country, right? Is it worth it for the business to fulfill that order? from that side because of the higher cost of shipping it or is it a better business standpoint to just say it's stock out and maybe more regionalized that inventory view yeah i think what we're seeing is the the ladder and it goes back to you can start to create this business logic but you first need to have inventory visibility so that's always our discussion saying you want to add the logic hey you first have the inventory visibility then you can write Mm -hmm. these business rules of saying do i if i know kevin's in new jersey Mm -hmm. do i want to even show them i have have one right 
product. I'm going to draw, I'm going to draw a business rule saying any orders in this place, if I've got one, you know, if I've got less than one or less than two, I'm not going to even show them that the inventory is available on online mm. and others. They may, they may say this is an item. that's a apparel item or an item that has perishability that's going to go out of stock. So I'm going to either get, have to move this shirt to discount or I'm going to have to throw away this X that's a perishable item. Yes, I'd prefer to ship it across country to get it there. So, But the, our belief is the underlying, you can start to make business logic changes, but you have to have clarity around inventory visibility first. So we're seeing inventory visibility as table stakes, and then you can lay business logic on top of it. We have seen some that try to lay business logic before they have inventory visibility. Yeah. And you, you you can clearly see the outcome. You start to fail, right? Where mm-hmm. you're making prompt, the, the biggest thing you don't want to do is make a promise to your customer that you can accurately fulfill. And then when you start putting business logic, but not having the foundation built right, it causes challenges. So that's where we're at is the business logic, your exact example, can't, you could create a business rule to mm-hmm. do exactly what you said and, and have different options depending on the item but you better have the visibility first that you have certainty that that item truly is in Washington right. and Kevin ordered it in New Jersey. So that, that has to come first. Gotcha. Interesting. So it's kind of a, kind of an evolution process, I guess it sounds like. So with all that being said, and we just mentioned that hopefully we'll be flying more frequently again. Right. So we're hopefully coming out of COVID soon by the end of the year, I would very much hope so. But do you think the conversation around last mile, do you think it becomes less of a focal point or do you think we'll continue this conversation because consumer behavior will remain what it has been or will we kind of revert back a little bit? Yeah, I, I, I just saw an FMCG report come out internationally, the 17 marks they covered that said 80% of the customers mm. have changed, already stated they've changed their buying behaviors. Right. So I think it's here to stay. I think the last mile topic, I, we're probably still maybe 18 to 24 months away from this being 100% true. Mm. But I think today it's a differentiator. Though Those that are winning, and you can see the retailers who are posting great results, they tend to be those who are tech savvy and they've enabled inventory visibility already. Mm. They, they are winning today. It's a differentiator. I think in two years, it will be table stakes. You mm. just won't be able to operate with complete inventory visibility because those that haven't made the investment in certain technology to do it just won't be able to adequately compete. So... I think I think the buying behaviors are, are here to stay and people are going to have this very mixed environment. Sometimes I go to the store, sometimes I order online, sometimes I order my phone and I want it today. I think that's all here. Those The retailers and the supply chains, I should maybe say, that are going to win are those that enable themselves today to be able to best service their consumers' needs going going forward. Today, differentiator, a couple of years from now, I think it'll become table stakes that you just have to be able to fulfill orders um, in an effective way. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, in that sense, thinking about last mile, do you think there will be more push from a business standpoint to have consumers want to order online, ship to their house versus order online, pick up in store versus curbside pickup? What do you think is more of a, I guess, beneficial? Because they're all, they're all in a sense that last mile it's just about who's kind of covering that that travel cost right 
And that depends on, on, on maybe the item and definitely have different customers have a different viewpoints. I think yeah. most have the viewpoint because if they've started in somewhat brick and mortar is they still want to have an experience in their store. So they do feel like a portion of the items are, are inclined to be online orders. They're the mm-hmm. staples of that you're going to get. And, and there's other items that say, no, there's still an experience that they want to come to a store. If it's maybe it's electronic device, they want to talk to someone more technical. If it's a fashion item, they may want to see how it's going to fit the ensemble. They want to look around. So, I believe who wins is the one who can be flexible to adopt to the consumer and not say we have only this way or we're good at this way or we're good at this way. They're saying we're good at both. You buy how you want to buy. But we, I think all, all brands and retailers still want to have some level of experience and with their consumer to create some affinity. So I think that I, I don't know if there'll be this way or this way. I think there'll be an and in there saying consumers will buy certain items this way at certain times and certain items this way and retailers who can service both with the same service model are going to win. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I was curious about if you'd seen any push in, in one way versus the other, because I guess I would think there's some, some cost savings there as you, if you get the consumer to come to a pickup um, point. Yeah. Versus yeah. Waiting I think there could be maybe some interesting discounting that starts to happen. If you can mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's the plenty of come out with lockers now. Hey, can yeah. I get it to a locker and you do that last piece? clearly come, getting a consumer to come into the store. Mm-hmm. Like there was the known model where uh, Kohl's is starting to take that back Amazon returns. And it's yeah. clearly, they just want you to come in the store because you get the add on sales. So I think most, if you're a hot brick and mortar, you're trying to say, how do I, I want to incentivize them to come in the store, mm-hmm. but I, I still want to have a great online experience. I want them to know that they can order online. I can't get to their house, but I want to find a way for them to come into the store as well to see other things that they may not know they need. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, very interesting stuff. It's always a evolving conversation. When we're talking about last mile, especially and especially COVID as well, is is continuously um, evolving and hopefully progressing into a, a positive way. But yeah, yeah, it was great to talk to you, Ryan. Um, and I'm curious, how can people find out more information about Avery Denison? Well, easiest way is averydenison.com and they can direct you by whatever industry you're in you can go there and those are our, our website is pretty self-explanatory it can route you to to get contact information i encourage them to do so there's a lot of uh, white papers on our website just to help individuals to say in the world that you're living in today the our best recommendation is really start looking at the fundamentals of your business and inventory visibility is we think is one of the biggest fundamentals of saying, make sure you have that right. Make sure the foundation of your house is right mm-hmm. because then all this stuff around AI and advanced analytics is it will come and will improve your business, but you have to have the, the base fundamentals correct. So averydenison.com and, and also there's plenty of a, um, literature there to, to understand where to start. All right, cool. And we'll put that link at thenewwarehouse.com as well. So, Ryan, thank you so much for your time on the show today. You've been listening to the New Warehouse Podcast with Kevin Lawton. Subscribe and check us out online at thenewwarehouse.com. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want more content from the new warehouse, check out our new video series called All Hands on LinkedIn. Just search for the new warehouse on LinkedIn and follow along.